Podcast. I'm Steve Kramer, player development coach and owner of Kramer Basketball. And today, Coach Troshak and I are excited to welcome Drew Lane. Drew's from Toledo, Ohio. He attended Central Catholic High School, played four years of college basketball at Ferris State. His senior year, he was an All-American. After that, he played one year of professional basketball overseas and then got into college coaching. He's an assistant coach at Trine University from 2016 to present. He also earned a certification through the International Sports Science Association as a specialist in strength and conditioning. He's also their basketball team strength and conditioning coach. So we're excited to get into off-season strength and conditioning for all the high school coaches out there. This is going to be a really good one. Let's get after it. Excited about this interview today as we dig into off-season strength and conditioning. Um, you know, we've been working together for years on and off. You've been a huge asset to Kramer basketball and, and my business with some of the basketball camps that that you've helped at. Um, you know, picking your brain, um, phone calls over the years, and um, now having you as a person who's going to contribute to our coaches' edge program helping you know other coaches build uh, their strength and conditioning platform is pretty exciting and as I mentioned to coach Troshak yesterday you know you could absolutely uh, play some basketball from you know from us working out around that time period of when you're at fair finishing at Ferris to debating whether you're going to go back overseas for another year and so I was telling Coach Troshak, I was like, not only does this guy know the game, but he could absolutely hoop and play some ball. And uh, so we're excited. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks a lot. I, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm excited to be on today. And, and uh, likewise, I, I've learned a lot from being a part of your camps, or, you know, working work those different things. And, and I, I had a great time playing. So it's, it's a, a real joy for me to be able to kind of pass some of that knowledge I've gained from a lot of great coaches um, over the years to uh, guys and um, young men and women that I'm, I'm able to work with now. Coach, it's great to have you on. Um, looking forward to diving in this topic. It's something personally that I feel like the more I learn about, I feel like the less I know. Um, there's always, you know, questions and I'm looking forward to just asking you a couple of those that I, I think other high school coaches in my shoes have similar questions. So uh, if you don't mind, you want to just dive right in? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the first one, before we get to any programs or technique, and I think this is the one that sets your foundation for a off-season training program, is how do you get players to buy in? And how do you, um, you know, keep them engaged in the off-season? into well, a program uh, you know, that, that's a that's a really challenging thing to do um especially so most of my experience coaching has, has been with uh college students so they're getting drug in, in a bunch of different directions but it's it's not too much different um than working with high school kids but I, but i've found the more ways that you can kind of be creative with them to keep them engaged is is really really huge so you know as a staff we're kind of sitting around okay what else can we do to get them involved, whether that's, you know, bringing them in individually for workouts, you know, bringing in group workouts, you know, just changing up different things as often as you can to kind of keep things fresh, you know, keep them engaged in, in multiple different ways. 
um, is, is really big. One of the ways we do that with is, is video, um, you know, both for our players on the floor especially, but now I've been able to implement some of that stuff in the weight room as well where we, we can, you know, we use mostly a, an iPad or we can videotape them and then they can actually see themselves, you know, doing exercises, doing drills, th those kind of things. And, and I found when, when uh, you know, young guys, you know, can actually see themselves on video, you know, that, that motivates them quite a bit to see where, hey, this is where I can get better. Or this is where I have improved, you know, so we can go back, you know, after working out for a month and say, hey, look, this is where you were. This is where you are now over that course of time. And when they see those results, that, that really helps them to kind of, okay, wow, this, this does work. I, I should keep doing that. And when they, when they see that, it, it really helps the buy-in process. Yeah, that's a great point of videoing and using that um, in the weight room because a lot of times athletes think they're doing something, think their technique is one way, but when you show them on video, it's actually the other way. Um, on the topic, you talked about you know, progression and growth. Are there any like um, incentives or rewards? Like you've seen, I've seen some coaches where they ring a bell when they, you know, they get that PR. Do you guys do anything like that? Um, a little exciting, a little fun in, uh, to the weight room? Um, you know, sure. We well, the the biggest incentive that that I have experienced one one as a player, as a coach, what what drives me and what I try to implement the most is competition. Um, so you know, any any time you can put something like that in, whether it's you know two guys going against each other in a drill, you know, in weight room it's a little bit different because a lot of times you're, there's a decent amount of gap between your strongest guy and and maybe the guy that's you know, not as strong, especially when you're talking about, let's say, a freshman at 18 years old versus a, a senior for, at 22. That's a, that's a big difference. So you can kind of match guys up with people that are a little bit closer to. But, you know, I think putting them in two different groups or say, okay, who, who can complete this drill the fastest or who can make the most shots, who can, who can lift the most. So, you, you know, you're sort of pitting guys against each other, but that's only to, you know, push them to, to make each other better. Um, that's that's one of the the, the greatest incentives that that uh, you know we can give to them. Um, you know, I, as far as anything specific, we didn't have anything like with a with a bell or or anything like that. But we'll put in you know I'll give them sheets where they can mark down like, hey, this is this is where you started. You know, once you once you hit that ten reps at one thirty five, okay, let's let's go up to one forty five, and over the course of let's say April through May that kind of spring season when we're still at school, you know, how, how big of an increase can you make in that, in that you know, four to eight weeks and, and, and kind of go from there? You know, I'm really surprised to hear that you didn't have a gold chain necklace that you handed out to, you know, the strongest guy on your team. That really, that really <laughs> surprises me. Um, but, but, but realistically, I mean, it, you're competing truly, especially in the weight room against yourself, right? And sure. so hopefully you can get some of that intrinsic, motivation of I'm stronger than I was last month. How can I stack that up and do that for another month? And so that they can look back from the end of the summer, the beginning of the summer, whenever you kind of finish your, your program, your progression that you had for your athletes. And when they start to see that light go on, they start to feel their body changing. As you mentioned video, they can actually see when they mm -hmm. look in the mirror, their body changing. Hopefully that's that light switch. And now you got them hooked and now they're right. saying, okay, I can see and I can feel the difference. And now they start to take off and hopefully they can start to do that on their own. 
Yeah, and, 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 and what that does too is, and, and this is somewhat a chicken or egg thing, but you, know, you kind of get a, a, a greater mentality with that. And that's one of the things that we're really trying to develop in, in the weight room. Now, I, I also think, like I said, I, to, in order to get something out of the weight room, that you got to have the mentality first where I'm going in there to, to get something done. You know, you don't spend 15 minutes doing, you know, 10 sets of bicep curls and then, you know, get out of there so you can, you know, try to look good on a beach or something like that. You got to, you know, go in with the mindset that, hey, I'm, I'm really going to try and get something done here that'll be applicable to what I'm trying to do on the floor or on the field, whatever, whatever it is. But, you know, when, when guys start gaining a little bit of strength, it, it kind of, they, they get a little something, uh, you know, up in their minds where, hey, I'm going to get a little bit tougher, you know, when I'm out on the floor now that I've, I've been working in the weight room a little bit. And, you know, that, that mental toughness is where you can really separate yourself. Well, Coach, it sounds like you have multiple ways to show progression and kind of motivate players. And as a high school coach, I think that's, you know, extremely beneficial um, to hear those, those ways because that sets the foundation, getting them in the weight room, getting, the, getting their buy-in. So once you have that, once you have them in there, what do you think um, some of the key components to an off-season uh, strength conditioning program would be for a basketball player? Well, some, some of the things, um, there's, there's really kind of a three things that, that, I, that I think are really important um, and, and that I somewhat feel are, are overlooked by, by a lot of different people. Um, and the first one kind of has two parts, and th those being one, a warm-up, and, and two, a cool-down. You know, a, a, lot of, a lot of guys want to get in there and, you know, start trying to, you know, bench press right away or get right, in, right into squats. And, and that's a huge mistake for, for a lot of different reasons. One, I, I'm, I'm really big on, on injury prevention. Um, and if you're in the weight room and doing things you need to do, it's a great tool to help prevent injuries but it can also cause them if you don't do things the right way. And one, you know, I, I think it's really, really important to have a good 10 to 15 minute work uh, warm up uh, before you really get into your lift or your exercises, whatever it is you're doing. Um, one, you're going to get way more out of the lift. Your, your, your body's going to be more prepared to, to do different things. And then when you're done, you need to do some kind of a cool down, which whether that's, you know, 10 to 15 minutes of static stretching, you know, a little cool down walk slash jog. But those two components of working out are extremely, extremely important. And, I, you know, I cannot overstate, you know, my, my thoughts and my opinions on how important it is to warm up before you get started and cool down. Because if you think of it like a game, you know, I, you're warming up for what, you know, high school warm-ups at least 20 minutes. You know, in, in college, we got guys out there for 40 minutes, basically, you know, getting loose, doing some layups, getting some shots up, doing some dynamic stretching. You know, why, why would you treat a warm-up or, excuse me, a workout really any differently than, than that? Um, that's kind of what you're prepared for. Uh, number two is consistency. You know, you, you can't really get a lot out of anything if, you know, you have a really great workout on, on Monday and Tuesday, and then you say, well, hey, I worked really hard, you know, Monday and Tuesday this week, so Wednesday I'm just going to take it easy, and, you know, Thursday I might, you know, do something, and I'll get back at it Friday. Like, it's got to be – you know, however you want to refer to it, a, a daily routine or, you know, it's a process where you got to be consistent and really committed to getting something done, you know, five, six, or even maybe seven days a week with, you know, the seventh day being like some kind of active recovery. So I, guys get in a lot of trouble when you, 
think you can take it easy because you've had one or two good days and then you think, hey, I can take the third day off. Um, so staying consistent is really important. And then number three, with all this stuff, you got, you got to continue to remember that, you know, strength and conditioning is not a substitute for skill work. You know, if you, if you want to be a great basketball player or, you know, whatever it is, football, baseball, tennis, it doesn't matter. You got you to get in the gym. You got to shoot. You got to work on your ball handling and do things that you're going to do in the game in, in order to be a really great player. And, you know, you can't substitute lifting or running, whatever it is in the conditioning programs for that skill development. And that's, that's important to remember. Coach, you mentioned, um, you talked about your warm up, your cool down, the consistency, you know, just cause you lifted weights doesn't make up for the fact that you still got to work on your game. Can you touch a little bit more on the importance of lifting to reduce injury? Because even today, I feel like we put that topic to bed, but I still hear that today where some athletes, coaches, parents, are afraid to lift or for their child to lift because they think they're going to get hurt. Now, injuries happen. Don't get me wrong, but if you're doing it properly, how can lifting reduce injury? Well, um, building up strength and, and building up your muscles ar around your joints is, is, is a great way, um, like I said, just, just overall to prevent injury. Now, what, you know, those parents are worried about is what, what you probably should be. You know, it's dropping your weight, weight on your head or, you know, doing something the wrong way that you shouldn't be doing. So it kind of comes with a progression, right? So I'm not, I'm not going to ask a freshman in high school to do something that I'm asking a junior playing for us at trying to do. That, that, that guy's six years older. He's, he's more physically developed. It's a totally different scenario. So with that progression, you know, you can lift weights without, you know, well, I shouldn't say without any – you know, risk, but very, very limited risk. So what I might have a, a senior in high school do is let's say he's been, he's doing a squat with 135 pounds on his back. And I might have the freshman do, Hey, let's do 50 bodyweight squats. You know, something that's, you know, really low tension, really low risk. And I can really, you know, look at that, that guy and say, Hey, let's really, really focus on your form because you're, you know, just more inexperienced than this than this older guy. So we're just going to do body weight stuff with squats, you know, push-ups, pull-ups, all things that are that are really really safe, but also are great great tools to build up that strength, muscle endurance, and then you know after a couple couple months of lower weight, lower resistance, then we can kind of start to build on that. And now that that guy's got a great foundation of form. You know, his, his legs can kind of handle handle some more weight and, and those kind of things. And when you build up to that, you know, it can be a great, great tool. You know, and, and uh, you know, you've talked to me a lot about uh, the lunges, you know. You can – I love the lunges. Start. I love the lunges, Coach. I'm yeah. on, like yeah. I mentioned, over 200 days, I'm about 225 straight days of lunging. Minimum yeah. 100 lunges every day. Yeah, I mean, and I it, it. it's an incredible tool. You know, it's something – something that we, we do almost every day before practice, you know, not a ton of them, but we do some kind of dynamic warm up, And I, I think you can implement lunges in, into that, you know, every, every single day. You know, it's, it's just, there are tons of, tons of things you can do with, you know, stretching, like I said, the warm ups, do, doing those different types of exercises. And they're just great for your body. You know, you hear a lot of people talk about yoga, all those different things, you know, very, very safe things that you can do to want to increase strength, increase 
flexibility and, and really just prepare your body to go out and compete in, you know, whatever kind of athletics you're in. No, I know, in. I know coach Troshek has another question probably about some of those exercises, but I wanted to say we had uh, one of the athletes that we've trained for years and years, uh, just committed to play college basketball at Concordia university. And the coach sent them the off season lifting strength and conditioning program. And he says they, every workout they have lunges on must mm -hmm. be for their, for their warm up. If not, yeah, I said, I don't know your coach, but he must be smart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Lunges are, are a tremendous example of a great exercise that you can do every day to, to get your body ready to go. Coach uh, Kramer, I'm going to have to get on that lunge train, but I also challenge you to get a sandbag I, um, and maybe do some weighted lunges. I mean, I know you might do them with weights, but uh, I might have to start. You said you do how many a day? I do a minimum of a hundred every day and I do different variations. I, you know, you mentioned weight. I do them with weight. I do them in the sand because they get, their lunges are boring enough. So I got to change it up. So I do different variations, dumbbells, no dumbbells. I'll carry my kids and, and do them. You got to change it up. <laughs> Coach, uh, Coach Lehman, one thing that you said that really stuck out to me was, that you have to prime your body when you go into that weight room because the more, uh, the better you warm up and the more you're ready to get in the weight room, the more you're going to be able to lift. And I teach strength and conditioning, and I'm going to bring that to my students and tell them that because sometimes I feel like they do the warm up and they go through the motions and they're still not even, you know, ready to get in the weight room. Um, so that's just a great point then uh, that you brought up. Same with the the cool down, um, too, and I, just a way to increase flexibility. I don't know about you guys, but do you think that athletes, you know, the athletes you work with lack flexibility. I know that, you know, when I teach strength and conditioning, one thing that always surprises me, the lack of flexibility in athletes. Yeah, well, almost, almost all of them in my, in my experience, you know, we have, we have, we have a, a tremendous trainer um, at Shrine. Um, so I, I talk to him quite, quite a bit with when he's got guys in there and he basically gives me a sheet every year of what um, each individual on in our team needs to work on um, in terms of their body and, and almost every single one of them on there says tight hips. Um, and that's a, that's a big, big one for athletes is, is the hips. Um, so lunges are a great example of how you can kind of loosen those up and, and strengthen the muscles around them. Um, that's a great one. And again, the static stretching, um, at the, at the, at the end, you know, I have a stretch called 90 nineties where you know, basically your, your shin is kind of parallel to the ground and it forms kind of a 90 degree angle with your knee up to your hips. So you're stretching them that way. And, and the lunge is a great one where you can, you can lunge with your, let's say your right knee's on the ground, your left foot's out in front, and you just kind of do a static lunge for, you know, 25 to 30 seconds, and then just kind of try to push your hips forward. That's, an, that's another great exercise that you can do to, you know, loose, loosen up your hips. And again, all these exercises will, will help your strength as, as well um, within that. Now you talked about proper, proper warm up and cool down. And for, for those especially that may not be familiar, why do you prefer your athletes to do more of a static, like more, you mentioned like do that static one, but do it at the end. Mm -hmm. More of your warmups that you were talking about are more dynamic. There's movement going on. Why do you, why do you program your athletes to do that? Um, well, the, the, the main reason is that you, you really don't want a static stretch when, when your muscles are cold. Um, you know, if, if you, if you think of it, maybe like a, like a rubber band, 
you know, if you, you put a rubber band in a freezer for, you know, 10 minutes and then you pull it out, that elasticity of, of that rubber band is, is not going to be very good. Muscles kind of a similar way. So if, if your muscle's not warm, it's not loose, you haven't moved it at all, you don't want to hold it and try to stretch and pull that muscle without kind of getting it going. So, you know, pre-workout, you know, you want to kind of, whatever it is, do some, maybe some high knees, a really a light jog. I, I'm a huge fan of the foam roller. Um, you know, do that for five or 10 minutes beforehand. Um, and then you can do some like light stretches where you can do like a high knee pull to your chest where, you know, the stretch is like five seconds or less where you're just kind of getting a quick pull um, to, to loosen things up or some hip swings, uh, things of that nature. And then afterwards on, on your cool down is, is much better time to, you know, static stretch where you can work, work on your hamstrings, again, your, your hips, quads, you know, and I, and I think you should stretch and warm up your entire body every day. I, I think that's, that's important. Um, just cause I'm, go, I'm going in there to do legs or I'm going to squat, I, you know, I, I should still get my arms pumping a little bit, do some running. Same thing. If I'm doing an upper body focused workout, I'm going to do all the same things, the high knees, the hip swings, all that stuff. And, and again, the, the warm up, it, you know, with, I try to keep things, um, as simple as I can and not complicate anything. Um, and the warm up is exactly what it sounds like. It's, it's a warm up. So, you know, you want to just kind of get your body, you know, a light sweat kind of going where, where you're kind of prepared. So, you know, think of it, you're just trying to heat things up and, and go and go from there. So if you're still feeling a little cold or a little tight, you know, you know, you're, you're probably not quite prepared to, to really get going yet. No, that's a great, that's a great example. This is great stuff, coach. I know um, I'm learning and I know other coaches out there be learning from, we talked about engagement. We talked about our warm down and um, our warm up and our cool down and being consistent so now let's dive into like some core lifts that you do with athletes or you think athletes specifically that um, basketball athletes benefit from um yeah if, if i had to pick um you know three kind of main core lifts that that i would implement um the, the first one would be the squat the back squat um i i think that's huge it's, it's pretty applicable to you know pretty much any athlete um i would say uh, I think it's really important to have a foundation in your lower body. I, you know, I, I think that's where, you know, most of you, most of your strength kind of comes from. I, I really like the uh, the deadlift. It, that's kind of a basically a full body lift um, on that one, where you're getting a little bit of everything: grip strength, your your arms get some, you know, some some back as as well as some lower body, and and it really does uh, help strengthen your hips. And then I I would go with a bench press um, as an upper body kind of core lift. And, you know, the thing that I really like about these three lifts are, you know, that they're really dynamic. So, you know, you're getting a lot of different muscle action with, with, those, three, with those three lifts. Squats are huge. They basically hit your, you know, entire lower body um, to some degree. Um, you can obviously, you know, put your feet closer together or move them farther out to, you know, work quads or get some more action in your hamstrings or your glutes, um, different things like that. Um, and what, what, you know, most people don't know about the squat is it's actually a tremendous core workout as well. You know, when you got weight on your back, your core is, is really charged with, you know, stabilizing all that. And again, you know, I, I have to have an argument with our guys every once in a while, because the second I say core, they, you know, they're yelling at me, hey, can we do some more core? Can we do some more core? And they want to do, you know, 10,000 sit-ups so they can try and, you know, get a six pack. But, you know, I got to tell those guys, your, your core is 360 degrees. It, it goes all the way around. 
And, you know, for, for athletes, you know, what it's really trying to do is, you know, change your speed, change direction, make cuts. So you got you got to do exercises that are going to help you with that, not just lay on the ground and do a bunch of sit-ups, things like that. Um, so the, the stabilization of the core, I think, is really important. Um, so where you're doing a lot of um, holding or stabilization exercises are, are huge. Um, for example, a plank, that's a, that's a great core exercise that I really like. And then um, some of the supplemental exercises I like to go with it are, you know, I, honestly, my favorite ones are, are pull-ups. I, I think everyone, you know, should implement that. You get a little bit of everything with your, with your arms, your back, your pulling. Um, and I like push-ups, dips, and, you know, those, those type of body weights um, exercises to kind of supplement in with, with those kind of bigger dynamic lifts. And what I think that some athletes and coaches don't understand is how many variations of squat there are, how many variations of deadlift, how many variations of bench, how many variations of even dip. And they think there's only one, so they almost get bored with that. And I think, you know, with you being a part of the program, you can show them those variations. I think yep. that's just important. Um, I know Coach Kramer's got something for you, though. Well, I was just going to say, as we, as we kind of fin finish out, you talked about the importance of stabilization. So we got maybe 10 minutes left of our podcast today. The importance of stabilization, the importance of doing things isometrically. When I watch Instagram videos of people doing, they're doing some of the most, to me, ridiculous high risk exercises and calling it, you know, athletic development. I'm like, oh, somebody's gonna crack their skull open, right? Can you, you know, sometimes, stabilization, the, the isometrics that so you talked about building the core. Why is that so important when it comes to being a good basketball player? Because you're stationary, right? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a great way. You want to mix, mix things up. So, so you're, you know, you don't want your body to expect something all the time. So, you know, I'm not going to do this, the exact same workout for, you know, 10 weeks where I'm doing the same thing every Monday, the same thing every Tuesday. You got to, you got to mix things up and you know, isometric holds are, are a great way to do that. Um, you know, one, one of the things I, I can, you know, apply that to, although a lot of times you're going to be moving, but you know, let's say you're on, you're on defense for, for 30 seconds or in high school, you know, at least the way, the way my team played quite a few times, you know, you might be on defense for, you know, a minute, minute and a half playing against <laughs> us. So, you know, you're going to, your coaches are probably going to be expecting you to stand in a stance for the duration of that possession. I know, I know a lot of people have a tough time with that. That's not an easy thing to do, but that's kind of one of those things that, that, you know, that would directly apply to where you're holding yourself, yourself basically, you know, kind of in a squat, not, not quite all the way down to 90 degrees, but you know, if you're standing in that stands for, for a long time, you know, is isometric holds are, are a great way to do that. And again, they're, that's a, a great way to engage your core. Again, you can't, you can't say enough about how important core strength is. And, and, and isometric exercises are a great way to develop that core strength. And as we, as, as Coach Troshak mentioned, you know, you're going to have some really good stuff available to our, our coaching members uh, as far as lifts and workouts, which is going to be a huge asset to the coach's edge. I'm going to ask you for our last question to put your player hat back on. Mm -hmm. What would be the piece of advice that you would have given yourself as a high school athlete with the, the goals, the dreams of becoming a college athlete, as far as keeping specific to our subject today, 
as far as being able to prepare your body from that strength and conditioning standpoint? Well, I think the maybe the best piece of advice that that, that I could give is is to stay focused on on what you're trying to accomplish and and keep things that are not as poor, not as important you know out of your vision so to speak um, you, you know there's going to be a lot of different distractions um, whether you're you're in high school college whatever it is and I would say it wasn't until about my junior year where I can really say that I put everything else aside and really concentrated you know every day particularly in the summer spring when I was trying to get better and, and develop my game as a basketball player where I worked six, six out of, you know, six or seven days a week, you know, every week for, for those eight months. So when, and when I say, you know, stay, stay focused, it's, it's, it's everything as that's a part of that process. You know, you gotta eat, you gotta eat, eat the right foods, get the right amount of rest. You, you know, it's, it's, Hey, telling your buddies, I, I can't come out tonight. I can't come hang out with you until, until midnight. I'm going to go to bed at 10 o'clock so I can get up at eight o'clock and, and do this workout or w whatever that may be. You, you know, you've got to be willing to make some sacrifices, you know, to maybe do some things that you think might be fun or, you know, go do whatever it is. If you really want to accomplish something special, whether you want to be a basketball player, you know, a doctor, you know, whatever, whatever that your goal is, you got to be able to, you know, put that other stuff that it's not a priority aside and, and really stay the course of that, of that daily process. I love it. I uh, can't thank you enough coach. And that's a perfect way to end it. You can't have success without sacrifice, right? You can't have one without the other. And, um, Absolutely not. and the importance of beginning with the end in mind, you know, I want to encourage all the athletes out there and all the coaches out there of, you know, you're not just going to work hard, as you mentioned, a couple workouts or even for a week necessarily and be like, man, look at all these gains, right? The, the human body takes time to develop. Mm -hmm. Skill takes a long time to develop. Your strength, your quickness, all those things take a long time to develop. And so you got to begin with the end in mind and understand that that sacrifice has to be on lock for months and months at a time. But the longer you can compound that, the more results that you're going to have. You know that as a former athlete, as well as anybody and as a, as a current college coach. So um, coaches, we'll put all uh, the show notes, the details where you can follow Coach Lehman uh, at Trine University, wishing his program uh, the very best uh, of luck. And we'll keep cranking out the, uh, the content for all of our coaches out there. Thanks again for listening to the podcast.